Izzy. We're the only Canadian gaming no, podcast. No, I fucked it up. Can... We can restart that. <laughs> all right. Good try. Hello I got, I clicked the wrong damn button. All right. I'm getting close. Yeah, you know, close. not close. We're... Close, but no cigar. Just restart the thing. I'm sorry. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Press YYZ. We're the only Canadian podcast that delivers this level of quality entertainment. And then you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. EST, as well as on podcast services and YouTube every Thursday. My name is Alex Ballant, and I am joined by the one and only Mr. Mitch George. Cozy's not here, and I'm running this, and this is hard. I don't know why anyone would let you do that, but we also appreciate the fact that you decided to do it because no one else it, was going to. It was going to be this, or we were going to see one camera and play Halo, so... Uh, speaking of Halo, the self-proclaimed Halo expert himself, Mr. Nathan McInerney. I am here. I am here to talk about Halo. Um, also Forza. Um, I'd like to say that I'm an expert in all things Xbox. Yes, our number one Xbox guy right here. So what do you think of Halo Infinite now that we are playing it? It's been a week. And we're playing Halo Infinite now. I am shocked. Befuddled, even. I am so glad that we all knew ahead of Monday's announcement that Halo multiplayer was going to drop on Monday. Now, it would have been a great surprise. But at the end of the day, just sitting there and watching that and knowing that I immediately had to start figuring out how to install the update on my Xbox and finding all these workarounds because I had to play it and spending the last couple of nights playing it. It's been such a good time. Um, Granted, it's a beta. There are issues. I have issues. Alex, I know you have issues, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, But before we do, I have to say, I may have splurged on an early Christmas gift for myself from my wife. Well, And that is the Xbox Halo Elite to controller when everyone said that the elite is the best controller on the market they weren't lying this thing Mm. is out of this world good and some of the detail is great i pulled it out of the box i'm like oh my god it's already scratched to freak out carmen she's like oh my god how could they i'm like babe it's it's supposed to look battle worn she's like you she wanted to smack me upside the head but you know refrain because we care about each other but no it's I, i love some of the detail in this like the 117 up on the top near the control oh, or near the, near the charging port. The fact that it's USB-C, which is great. The fact it comes in this phenomenal carrying case, the UNSC yeah. logo on it. Um, and I, what I didn't know about the elites is they, like they have their own wireless charging dock. I didn't know yeah. that. It's, it's awesome. Every and night it, I just pop it right there and it's fully charged every single night. I don't know if the two of you know this about me, but I love magnets. And I've the fact this. that this, you know, is magnetically held into the case is just, it's so satisfying to me. Like this thing is just so well engineered. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I I still got to figure out like what layout I like from the control sticks and stuff like that. And I was having some issues with one of the buttons last night, which I'm hoping isn't an actual issue with the A button because jumping in Halo is important. I hope I don't have to get fixed, but... I will say I've had, well, I've had two elite controllers now because one of my, my first one drifted. So I had to send it in and they sent me a replacement. Uh, But both times that I've gotten this new like controller, the A button has been a little sticky at first. And then just like 
as soon as I use it for more than a couple of days, it like gets it becomes natural. Okay, so, that's good to that hear because I yeah. I only I only got it yesterday. So playing it last mm-hmm. night, I noticed like every few jumps just wouldn't register. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that that's something that just works it out over time. Yeah. I am so happy that you got an elite controller because you are now living in the future. Just the you think, do I really need to spend an extra hundred and something bucks on this controller? Because it's about no. double an Xbox, like a double normal Xbox controller. And you yeah. don't. But when you do, you don't regret it. No, not at all. Yeah. So but yeah, Halo, Halo's yeah. been good with that, yeah. especially. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts, Nathan, as, as being like probably the most far removed from playing Halo before this game. So be no, very he's our expert. Did you not hear him self-proclaim that off the top? Right, right, right. Of course. Of course. Yes. And I would like the expert's opinion on what you think of the game. So, yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't played as much Halo as you guys probably have. I just played that night with you guys. How can you uh, check? Because Alex, you were saying how long you had played, and I wasn't sure where to check that. So if you you can do it on the Xbox, like any Xbox thing. So if you have like the Xbox app on your PC, if you go to okay. your profile, you have to go to your achievements, and then okay. it'll be in like your stats. So I've got fourteen hours and thirty eight minutes. Ten hours and twenty two minutes. Uh, and I will say just. I, I did mention off the top, Cozy's not here. If you are listening to us on audio, thank you. Uh, if you're watching us on thank video, you. Alex, I didn't center you very well in your frame, so you may want to shift a little bit to your right. Okay, let me pull up the... Str- okay. My your other right. right. Oh, okay. Screen, screen. The left. other one, the other way. The Whatever way you just moved <laughs> is the wrong way. That way, yeah. Keep going that way a little bit more. Can you see Master more. Chief now? We can just see Master Chief. You're good to go. Yeah, okay, you're good. Cool. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely clocked more time into uh, Forza this week. Um, I just checked my clock and I'm just about 40 hours in there since Damn. it launched. And I'm mostly done it 100% at everything. Wow. <laughs> I will I will say in, in Forza, I did uh, get to the Hall of Fame. So I did. Ooh, I yeah, did I there with a thing. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, we were doing that together because I needed your yeah. help with uh, some of the multiplayer things. But yeah, that that number's not right. It says I've put almost thirty six hours into Forza. Damn. Yeah, that can't be right. It must be counting like standby time or something. Because it, it might count standby time. That I, number I seems know. ridiculous for a week. Thirties. My 38 seems right, and it is over a week because we got it Thursday. It's like a week and a half. That Well, I didn't play, I think, until Friday when we got the early access. Oh, yeah. I went to New Zealand. That's right. So you had, the extra, you had the extra few hours on me. But even then, I like my time with Forza has been phenomenal, and I need to get back to it for like the daily challenges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Some but go away Halo, Halo. <laughs> Some of them Halo. are going to go away tonight, and the borked oh. ones uh, you can fix. But it's Halo. Oh, so you're, uh, also wait, I have to re- I have to record another yeah. podcast after this. Yeah, you're oh, yeah. you're bit off busy being a, uh, a Wednesdays creator. are yeah Wednesdays are busy night in the Mitch household. That's her. Yeah. So um, so Forza has some borked uh, challenges. You know what else has some borked challenges? Halo Infinite. I have spent the last like 
eight hours today trying to unlock a challenge that is glitched, apparently. Um, yeah, you're not the only person I've seen complain about it. Yeah. Progression uh, seems to be the biggest issue currently in the beta. That yeah. seems to be everybody's major feedback is that nobody likes the progression system. And I feel yeah. like that's something that Microsoft talked about quite a bit earlier. Like, no, this is good. This is why we're doing it. And just wait till you try it. And then everybody's tried and doesn't seem to like it. I think it's got the I think it's got a really strong framework to be good, but the way that it's currently implemented, there are a lot of issues that really and honestly, uh, our Discord is a really good example of how it's really RNG based. Like it's really you just got to have good luck because I'm level seven right now because all besides the fact that I you know played a lot of the game, a lot of the challenges I was getting were achievable yeah, yeah they were very achievable i wasn't getting trapped with ones that were like next to impossible or you need to like wait until one specific item spawns on the map at the very end of a game like there are so because of that i managed to climb up pretty pretty quick or not quickly but you know quicker than most i'm kind of i'm already like close to double the level of some of the people that we know yeah, um, I'm, I think I'm level four at this point in the battle pass. But the other thing to note for this battle pass is one, it never expires, which is great. Yes. The only thing that I'm still not clear on, and if anyone is watching uh, live or you're watching or listening to us after the fact on Twitch or Twitch, YouTube, podcast services, wherever it is you're consuming us, one, thank you. We do this because we enjoy it and we hope it brings a smile to your face. And two, Drop us a comment or drop us in, in chat in a comment on YouTube, whatever. Tweet at us at PressYYZ. Um, can you buy the battle pass after the season ends? Because I would doubt that, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Mm. Uh, you so you might be locked to. into the free portion of the battle pass after the season ends. But also, the season is six months long. Yeah, so that is true. We have time. And they've already put out tweets from their community management to say, hey, we're working on this. By the end of the week, they're going to have one persistent challenge, which is play a match, which is great mm -hmm. because you have that in the daily. But as you play matches, you need to complete more matches to finish it. So at yeah. least now you'll get some persistent XP per match until they figure out what they need it to look like going forward. Yeah. And my so that's already that's already good. It's already been they've already talked about it. And one of the things that in this uh, tweet thread from the community manager uh, mentioned the fact that uh, part of the reason why this is such a big deal besides the normal progression on the battle pass, for me at least, why this was a big deal is because each week if you do all the challenges, you get a piece of armor. And so because of that, it, some people might not be able to get that armor and that's, that's where it becomes problematic. But for at least this week while they're, while they're addressing things and tuning it, uh, if you log on anywhere from the 23rd to the, I don't remember what. The first the final, week, we'll say. Just yeah, if you if you log on anytime during that, uh, you get the, it's a the gold visor, which, you know, is pretty iconic to Halo, having that color of visor. So it's something you kind of want to not keep behind arbitrary walls. And I think it's a good thing that the community, or that they're, like, giving it away. And as well, it seems like they are already adjusting. They're like, in this tweet thread, they've said that they are removing some challenges that are like people have had the most issues with. There are some that like you have to play on a specific map in like a specific mode for something to spawn. And it's like 
the chances of it happening and then you getting it and getting all the kills you need is it's an insane ask and it locks then the xp my biggest fear though with the battle pass sorry i just have had a lot of thoughts about this i think my my fear is at least the way the progression system is currently what happens when you get the next battle pass how is that xp going to because if i'm not mistaken they've talked about how the battle passes if you're like you can you can switch which battle pass you're unlocking towards so my fear is if you fall behind and the progression system is this slow you're you're and i know this is kind of what they want they want you to always have something to be chasing but it just means that like you're just going to be grinding to like grinding forever basically yeah i'm hoping that they'll get to a point where they've tweaked the xp rewards in enough of a way that this is no longer as much of a concern and you're consistently popping like let's say you sit down for a four-hour session if i pop you know six levels of the battle pass in a four-hour session that seems like progress especially when those are going to be the the like current battle pass for at least six months as far as we can tell so i think if the, like it, it's really more about rewarding players for as for however much they're playing, and yeah. right now with having things locked behind specific weapons or vehicles on specific maps, I know specifically, Alex, we talked about the challenge you had to use a wraith, and you saw one yeah. once in like eight hours, which yeah. isn't normal. Yeah. I think once we get to a point where custom playlists are a thing, or you can queue up for specific modes, like mm-hmm. I have a challenge right now to get three kills in Slayer. And I can get three kills in Slayer in a match, even though I'm really bad at Halo. But last night we were playing, we had a big group together to play, which is a ton of fun. Everyone, oh my. So my stream the other night where I was like jumping between different groups of people playing, we had so many moments of me just like almost doubled over trying to laugh and catch my breath because it was so much fun. Yeah. But I think the problem there was we were playing big team battle because there was like seven of us. And I needed to get Slayer kills, not big team battle kills. So I think either making those challenges more generic so they can be achieved across multiple game modes or having, you know, game mode playlists you can queue up for. Uh, Mm -hmm. That wouldn't have been a problem for me if I wasn't playing with a group. But when you're not playing with a group who have eyes on the objective, which is the next thing that we'll probably get into, um, Alex, I'm looking at you, when you're only looking at your challenges <laughs> and trying to complete those and you're not capturing the flag, the other team's capturing the goddamn flag or no one's capturing flags and the match goes on forever because everyone's trying to get kills with the commando or something. So yeah. I hope we can get to a point where queuing into matches with randoms doesn't just uh, devolve into people trying to achieve their challenges and making the challenges more pertinent to the game modes you're playing. Yeah. But it's a beta. It's in beta for the next three weeks, so hopefully they can use this period to tweak it and figure out what next steps need to be. Yeah, and, you know, uh, 343, especially with the Master Chief Collection, they have listened to the community a lot. They know that this the community is kind of their lifeblood, and so I the fact that they're already taking actions for the current XP system and they're watching it closely, like, they talked about that since the um, the last flight, that was one of their outcome reports from it. It's just, you know, they wanted to see what it was like in the the game itself when, you know, people started spending money and unanimously everyone hates it. 
So, so I, I do, I do want to gauge because I know Alex has, and I know I have. Nathan, do you is there do you have any inclination to buy the premium version of the Battle Pass as our resident Halo fanatic, or are uh, you kind of in a wait and see pattern? I'm in a wait and see at the moment. So, number one, I need to make sure. I love Halo. Obviously, we've described how much obviously. I love Halo. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. But I need to make sure it catches me. Um, mm-hmm. I put a lot of time into Splitgate. Do you remember Splitgate? It was Everyone does like... and immediately forgot when Halo came out. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. I played it for like eight or nine weeks straight. Like I accumulate, like I did the daily challenges every day. I did all the weekly challenges. I like burnt everything through it. And I really love the feel of it. And I'm going to be honest. I didn't get that feeling when playing Halo the other day. Um, and I don't know if it was the lack of the jetpack or it felt a little bit slower than split. I have, I have a tip for you. And this is a tip okay. that Alex gave me that made Halo feel incredible. Increase field of vision to 120 degrees. Yeah, oh, just go all the way. All the Max way out that slider and it yeah. starts to feel like you're running on crack. Yeah, it's really? great. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a perspective um, thing where it's like, because your field of view is wider, more of the environment is passing you as you're moving. So it gives, it's like the illusion that you are going faster. Huh. Part of the reason right. why Halo has always felt slow is because it's at, it's been at like a 70 FOV on the Xbox 360 when it was in its like prime. So mm-hmm. now that they have these sliders, it, you know, people are seeing, hey, this game is not actually slow and it's, you know, incredibly fast paced. Okay. So All right, that's, uh... that's a huge piece of advice. Uh, fov to 120 so so i'll check that out um yeah no so maybe just... maybe tweaking your stick sensitivity as well i've noticed that mine mm-hmm. aren't quite where i want them and i need to i need to tweak them myself yeah and look acceleration as well as one to look at but yeah no i had a good time i'm not great at it uh if i'll if i'll be honest um welcome to the club I... of old men who play halo poorly <laughs> yeah. i, I have stamps I was shooty shooty, although I was good at capturing flags and holding balls. Expert I, ball I, holder. I, the the most fun I have playing Halo is when I'm either playing the objective or driving the vehicles, surprisingly, or sitting in the turret and pissing off our friends because I'm getting like 15, 20 kills and they're okay. just they can't get me out of this turret. I'm just gonna say driving those vehicles sucks. Wow. It's uh, not it takes getting used to. It's there's definitely a learning curve to driving Halo vehicles. And I think yeah, once the campaign comes out. Sorry, go ahead. It's as bad as Borderlands. Yes, I it's love style. It's the same. It's the same control scheme, but it's not as bad. I think. I think the vehicles in Halo have a little bit more weight to them. Not as much as I know that you like are wanting, especially coming after playing Forza. But you know, why don't they just I, I'll put the Forza controls on, on a Warthog? I think. I mean, I the think the reason. Forza. I think the reason. Well, yeah. Let's not talk about how bad of a car that is in forza and that i spent my one free car voucher on it and i shouldn't have i should have spent that on like a mclaren or something ridiculous so we can talk about that in a bit we can but i I just want to say one more thing about the vehicle controls and why i think that it works for halo yeah and it's because halo's a shooter and it's not a racing game if yeah but you're not shooting on the car you are if you're in the turret but more so i was thinking from, from the way your brain works you're in first person shooter mode. So you're used to moving with the left stick, aiming with the right and doing that whole thing. If you change the controls drastically where you now have to start using the triggers to do things that are normally the shooty shoots, your brain, a lot of people's brains won't just won't be able to wrap their heads around it. It's too drastic of a shift in control methodology. So I think sticking to left stick, make thing move 
for the brain does less to jar you in that experience than if they were to switch to Forza controls, for example. I, I would make the argument that most people who've played any sort of driving game over the past 15 years are used to accelerating with R2. And right trigger. You're playing on an Xbox, sir. You have to get the terminology sorry. correct. Right yeah. trigger. Halo, man. Right go. trigger. Uh, are used to hitting right trigger. And I think people will get over that very quickly because most people are used to that. But the so, thing is, most people aren't playing everything. You know so what I mean? So is this just a control issue for you? That like, it, you just don't like the way that it controls? Or is it like, like the physical controls on your controller? Or do you not like the way that it handles in the game? It's more of the, like the, maybe handling's not the right word, but just the controls itself for the okay. driving. Um, and like, I had the same issue with Borderlands and it's not about the weight. It's just, and I got used to it with Borderlands because you have to drive the vehicle so much in Borderlands and I'll probably get used to it eventually. But yeah, it just, it doesn't feel good. It feels like I'm fighting against driving. I, I, I think like, the harder thing is you're coming off what is one of the best racing games of all time in Forza Horizon 5 yeah. and how crisp those controls are and then coming to another game with vehicles that don't control as well because they're having to figure out vehicle controls and you know turret controls vehicle controls that are like they got to balance it between multiple vehicle types yeah FPS controls it's it's a lot to manage from a game design perspective and I think they do a very good job of it and I think the bigger the bigger thing or the bigger test of the vehicles in this is I'm going to be interested in what you have to say, Nathan, about this after the campaign launches. And you've had a yeah. chance to just play through that and try the vehicles in a way that isn't as, what am I, pressure? Uh, like competitive? Yeah, there's yeah. not as yeah. much pressure when you're playing campaign. So yeah. I, I look forward, I so I took a day off to play Halo in December. And if anyone from work is listening, it was a legitimate vacation day. I took it because that's what I wanted to do with that vacation day. I'm not going to cancel that day just because they moved up the multiplayer. I wanted that day to play through the campaign and experience that story and find out why things are the way they are on the Zeta ring. And I look yeah. forward to that and just like there are guns. That, like I'll pick up a gun and be like, I don't know how this works. And I try <laughs> to make it work and I'm dead three seconds later because someone stickied me from behind. So it'll be nice to have an environment like that to start to test some of these things. And yeah, two, yeah. three, four, three's credit. There is the academy. There are the training drills, and I could go through those things and and play around with it. But the problem is, my friends want to play multiplayer, and yeah. I want to do that too because it's fun. So there's got to be something pulling you into these other modes where, like, the tutorial is cute. Like I went through it, and it's like, oh, this is nice. It's got some story. It's got a little bit of story to it, yeah. but it's nothing like it's 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 a tutorial for a first person shooter so it's like it can't really be anything special give me give me daily challenges or weekly challenges that's hey get a sub 35 second score in the commando trial or something like that yeah don't tie everything to just multiplayer give me a way to do that on my own one because playing with randoms when they're trying to achieve all of their objectives <laughs> is difficult and yeah. two it gives me something to do when my friends aren't online yeah, yeah. Especially right now where, you know, there isn't anything else to do aside from playing the multiplayer or the training mode. Um, I will say one of the things that has been really nice about this multiplayer coming out is now all of my attention on the campaign. I'm just like, I can feel okay with going radio silent because I don't need to be looking at this game anymore because I'm playing it right now. 
and that's going to mean that like the story is not going to get as spoiled like the moment to moment and come Mm -hmm. december 8th you can focus just on that and not get that sense of fomo of all your friends going and leveling up the battle pass because at that point you'll be a quarter of the way through the battle pass probably well knowing you you'll have finished it and want a new one and it's been three weeks but you'll be partial part of the way through the battle pass you'll understand how that progression cycle is going to work and can take that day or two or however long it's going to take you sit down and just absorb the story and not feel Mm -hmm. like your friends are playing multiplayer so you got to go do that first like many people do when new fps's come out i know this this dropping the way it did both being free to play and dropping what Two weeks after Call of Duty and one week after Battlefield 2042. I don't think Battlefield's not tech. Battlefield comes out on Friday to the public, so it came out oh, like in between. Right. It, it came out in between Call of Duty and Battlefield, which yeah, I think I is a Battlefield genius was like move. Tuesday. It it because I know it was I last Friday the, for the or the access, but I'm, okay. I, I downloaded it on Friday the trial because I have Game Pass and plan to get into it over the weekend because our buddy TJ is very very much into battlefield um and then this happened and i don't yeah. know if i'm going to keep that thing installed on my hard drive to eventually get to it for the 10 hours i get through game pass like other people will um, yeah. and aj's with us in the chat saying yeah it's it's out for the expensive editions which i'm okay with if you want to pay for early access that's on you um but yeah we I think for this forza. is exactly i think this was yeah. the exact it 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 hurts forza I think because it pulls people's Game Pass attention away from Forza and into Halo. But well, it also decimates the market in the genre it's in with Call of Duty and Battlefield. So I think it's genius. Yeah. We, I, I, we, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we had that conversation in the chat. I'm just curious if your thoughts have changed about them kind of overshadowing Forza a week after its launch with the Halo drop. I'm disappointed because I would have liked more time to focus on Forza because I had mm-hmm. my whole fall scheduled out because I'm pedantic like that. Yeah. Of we were going to get Forza. I was going to love it for like two weeks. And then I was going to drop everything for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl because that's still going to happen. The game is still coming out on Friday. And I cannot wait to tell y'all exactly how much of that game I have played come next week <laughs> if I'm on the show next week. That's still up in the air because I've got some other, well, for those who don't know, we record this on Wednesday. Every Wednesday at twitch.tv slash pressyyz. And next Wednesday, two episodes of Hawkeye are dropping on Disney+, Plus, which means I get to record content for the other podcast Ooh. I do, Disney Plus Us. We get Hawkeye next week? Hawkeye is yeah, next Wednesday. We I get two episodes. Either. And if you would um, like, we will likely do a watch party for those in the PressYYZ Discord. And if you'd like to join us, uh, invite.gg slash pressyyz, I believe, is the link is to correct. join us there. That is correct um i can't wait for hawkeye i just read hawk uh matt fractions run during the summer for the first time and it's great um so i'm curious to see how that's implemented into hawkeye but this isn't a hawkeye or a disney podcast no but we also got a spider-man trailer yesterday do we want to talk about that at all oh we did and it okay hold on hold on hold on hold on you're right you're right spoiler warning i warn you now if you're watching noise right I think there's a noise. I don't know if it's going to make the noise. Oh, oh, we it's will, on the stream at least. Okay. I don't, I don't know how that worked. Okay. Cozy's thing worked. So yes, spoilers here for the Spider-Man trailer that just dropped. This isn't quite working the way Cozy's thing normally does. It says spoiler warning at the bottom. That'll go away when we're no longer spoiling it. If you're listening, give us 
two minutes-ish, and we'll try to wrap it up. But uh, we're going Can full spoilers on that Spider-Man trailer. Guys, my childhood. Dude. So it's different. It Like, some of these are different characters. Yes, they're they yeah. going to be alternate takes on those characters in the universe because... Spoilers for the other Spider-Man movies. Every one of these characters, except I think Sandman is dead. I so, love that. Oh, they point that out. Dead, I don't think. Yeah. No, Lizard's alive as well. No, we didn't. Oh, what? oh yeah. You're, he you're like right, turned right, back, right. didn't he? Right, 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 so right. Got I'm going to rewatch these movies ahead of No Way Home. And I think Alex has said he's coming to the theater with me. Nathan, are you going to make the yeah, trip up? Maybe. On a Thursday? Um, on a Thursday. I'll be off. Oh, wait. What? Did, it's the 17th. It's the 16th, I think, is the Thursday. We'll, we'll talk about that after because we've only got two minutes yeah. to spoil yeah. this. Um, did you all see that the Sony Brazil account messed up? Yeah. No, are getting they... punched. So the Sony, the trailer on the Sony Brazil account, Alex, has uh-huh. the same scene of Tom Holland flying at all of the villains. Sandman, and the, Lizard, and Electro. And the Lizard's face does a like, it like goes back. Yeah. As if it's getting hit by something because it is because the other Spider-Men are in that scene. Oh. And they've doctored it out. Like, Mar- thank God that Marvel was responsible for this marketing of, <laughs> yes, we know, yes, because we know, okay, there's all these villains coming back, great. Um, but they were able to put the hammer down and say, no, Sony, we're not going to reveal the Spider-Man cameos because we want that oh shit moment in the theater. And I commend Kevin Feige and his team for doing that. I, I do appreciate that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, just, I was saying, I do appreciate that. Um, though this would be a tangent. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you speak, Nathan. Okay. How long is this movie going to be? Two hours and 47 minutes. It'll be just longer than Eternals, but shorter than Endgame and Infinity War. Okay, I am concerned about the amount of things that are getting into this movie and the amount of time that will be spent on them. Um, Not that I don't want this. I think this is great. And I think if they do this right, it'll be good. Endgame had a lot of different pieces that were all brought together, but that's because there were 20 preceding films to it, I believe, that kind of led up to this. And don't get me wrong, well, there's films that have led up to these if say Jamie Foxx's Electro, which is an all new incarnation of Electro and looks completely different and more comic accurate than what he was in the Mark Webb films. Um, I'd like to see more story about that. And okay, I so apparently, that. Yeah. apparently, according to the Brazilian cinema chain Ingresco, Ingresso, uh, and as noted by Games Radar, they have it listed at a runtime of 159 minutes. So two hours and 39 minutes. So I was okay. close. Yeah, we'll see if that sad. comes true, but I think that's enough time to explore all of these elements they're going to bring into it. They spent six hours exploring it in Loki. They're going to spend more time exploring multiverse yeah. in Doctor Strange, and I cannot wait to see what they do. Are we done with spoiling it, though? I want to be able to bring everyone back. Uh, is, um, Alex, was your stuff spoilerish? Uh, I was just going to talk about how terrible that poster is and just how, oh, like... They're all terrible because they're all missing elements. We are going to get posters no, a week Sp- after this launch and they're going to have more shit. Uh, they're still not great. The Spider-Man posters that we have now completed the trilogy of dog shit posters because, yeah. oh my God, the homecoming poster, horrible. The Far Wait, From Home I think one, I like the homecoming. I'm, I'm bringing people back because we're talking about posters. Yeah. I think I like the homecoming poster. Is, 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 which one are you thinking of? 
I'm thinking of one that was like the him cool lying down in the jacket. Yeah. No, there's there's the that's like that that was the teaser poster. There's then the theatrical poster that has Iron Man. It has like all of the faces on it. Oh, and it just it's has with him like, swinging and then Iron Man in the background. Or no, here I'll no, I'll link it. I, I've got oh. it up here. Okay. Iron yeah. Man flying with Tony Stark at the top and like a, yeah. Okay, I can't figure that out because cozy setup is difficult. So y'all can just go Google the theatrical Spider-Man yeah. posters and let us know okay. what you think in the comments below. Sorry, I bad. was thinking the one with him in the school jacket on the yeah. lying like, on lying the, the that was a cool one. or whatever. That yeah. one was a cool one for sure. But it's all of the ones where they have like the people just, on the posters with like their masks off and it looks horribly photoshopped like there's the far from home one that has him jake gyllenhaal and samuel L. jackson and they all look super super feathered like they look <laughs> terrible do, do y'all remember there's a tale of two posters here because there's also a far from home one which i pulled up and this is the one i remember and it's spider-man's mask with travel yeah. stickers all over it That's yeah that one's poster. amazing the teaser posters are amazing not yeah, on this one. No way. Posters. No way. Homes was bad too. All the posters yeah. they put out for No Way Home have been bad. But don't forget that y'all raised a ton of money for Extra Life. And we thank you very much. Which means in just under two weeks, we're going to be playing Marvel's Avengers with Spider-Man content. Have fun with that. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm, I'm excited. I I love me Spider-Man in games, and this version of him looks kind of cool. We'll I'm, see if I'm the game is worth it. playing after this event, but I am excited to get back to it. Absolutely. Uh, speaking right. of things to get back to, um, I don't know what else I want to talk about today, so that's fine. We can, can talk I, about something else. I have no second. I, let's just talk about Forza for a second. Yeah, still. Sure. Let's talk about Forza. Okay. So just so everybody knows how much time I put into Forza, I've figured out how to metagame the accolades. Are you wow. familiar with the accolade system? You're using words in an those order the, that don't make sense. Those are those are like the challenges, right? Yeah. So like okay. when you like win a race, you get so many accolades. Mm -hmm. Like when you complete a race, you get accolades. But then there's accolades for doing a street race in every single class of car. So like from D class to X class. Um, there's an X class? Yeah. That's how I did my thousand meter jump with the X class. Oh. I... Um, Missed a so, lot this week, apparently. Um, but then there's other challenges like win a street race in a warthog. When like 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 do these races in a particular car or a particular type of car. So I actually started going to Google Keep and writing down all the cars and the things from the accolades, and then making sure every time I did a different race that I was trying to fit those. If I had those vehicles or things available to me, making sure that I was trying to check off as many that I could do. So all I'm picturing is yep. Charlie Day in it, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with like with the, the murder board of trying to yeah. connect all the dots. And that's you playing Forza. Yeah, it pr pretty much. Um, so I've been basically going through. I've done every single race, three started. I have gotten mo almost all the accolades for all the race types, uh, with the exception of a few cars, which I don't have because they cost a like a lot of money and i'm not willing to drop that money till i know what daily challenges pop tomorrow i've also three starred all the speed traps the speed zones and the danger jumps um i still have to do the drifts the drifts is the only thing i really haven't done i've collected all the boards in the game i've got all the houses no i'm missing one board i need to wait for the next wet season uh or dry season i have 
meted the meta out of this game. I am now in the top 30,000 players in the world. Wow. Um, I wish Forza. Pokemon had leaderboards because everything you're saying about the games you play would be me with Pokemon. <laughs> and I cannot wait for Friday to get here. Yeah, I, I, did, I checked it. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I checked right before I came on. I think it was like 306, like 36,000th out of the, in like in the t- almost 10 million players. Did, did y'all talk about the uh, Pokemon leak last week at all or no? No, I did not. No, I don't. Believe so that. total non sequitur, but the entirety of these games leaked like two weeks ago oh, and yeah. they're built in unity. So I can already see the Pokemon mod community having a goddamn field game with these games oh. because Unity is it's it, it's real customizable and people are going to do some weird shit with Pokemon. Oh, and I'm here for going to watch that. Can I get Thomas the Tank Engine as a Pokemon, please? It's That's all I want now. Macho Man Randy Savage Pokemon. <laughs> oh yeah, Bonesaw is ready. That is Slim Jim. That's what he said, right? I watched the first Spider-Man a couple of nights ago. I want to watch them all leading up to No Way Home. And why do I have eight text messages? They're movies. I definitely want to watch the one of the best sequels of all time, Spider-Man 2. Again, I will die on this hill because it really is, especially when you compare it to the original, it is so, so good. And I will die on this hill. So I've gone the opposite direction where i had a lot like i thought really highly of spider-man 2 but then i went and back and watched it a few years ago and it felt slow and plotting i um, i'm i'm still looking forward i've so spider-man is my favorite superhero like i had spider-man cufflinks at my wedding uh i have a spider-man face mask like spider-man's my jam um so even for as campy or like i even like spider-man 3 Oh, Spider-Man 3 is a movie that has aged so well. Surprisingly. It has not. It has not. Like, I it can has. see the flaws in these things, but I still love them. I for think Spider-Man 3 is good. Yes, yeah, Spider-Man 3 is like good. What is wrong with the both of you? It's not good, but I still love it anyway. It has Topher Grace's Venom. I actually think he was a good Venom. Right, what if? Okay. Crazy. Total, 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 uh... Okay, this is me just speculating on what may happen in that Spider-Man movie. If you want to tune out for the next minute because you don't even want speculation, do so now. What if Topher Grace's Venom shows up as one of the bad guys and Tom Hardy's Venom shows up as one of the good guys? Oh, that'd be cool. It, it would I, be awful I, in the best way. I would. I I genuinely would lose my mind. That sounds like the greatest thing. I, I just want to see fucking eric foreman as venom, venom again, again. Can, it, because, can oh i fix God. spider-man 3 for you guys one second though just to give an update on those text messages it was it was my sister um she booked an eye appointment which she's been needing to do for months because she needs glasses and didn't know it Good. until we said yeah you should be able to read those street signs while you're driving um said we're gonna get taco bell the day that she goes to that appointment because it's near my house nice. she bought pokemon pearl Almost almost accidentally bought both Diamond and Pearl because there's a bundle available, but then didn't do that. So that was good. Um, and is now planning to come over to my place on Friday to play Pokemon and eat Taco Bell. So that's how my oh, week's going. Fun. Sounds like a good week. Poor washroom. We have two of them and we have a bidet now thanks to a very generous wedding gift. 
What? Uh, bidets are so good. I will send you the model that TJ bought us because my butt has never felt better. Oh, I use when I was in Taiwan, I fell in love with bidets. I, I kind of wish we'd gotten the one with the temperature. Like if we if we do an upgrade to our other bathroom, I'm going to buy the one that has the temperature control. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The cold water one is fine. Don't get me wrong. But there's just something about that warm splash on your booty. Uh, but you were going to fix Spider-Man 3. So please go ahead. So, OK, here's the deal with Spider-Man 3. There's a little too much going on in it. Um, and I think the focus should have been Flint Marco's Sandman. Here's the deal. You still have Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock's in the movie. You have the black suit. You have him at the end going too far, hurting, like killing Flint Marco or doing something in the suit he regrets Threat, doing. Threat, threatening his daughter's life or something stupid like that. Yeah, something like terrible. He goes to the bells and the bells ring and like the suit comes off of him with the vibrations. Um, and then the movie ends with Eddie Brock fired, nowhere to go. The suit starts crawling up him. And then the screen slowly fades to black. And the last second, Venom jumps out at you. And then it says, to be continued. Yeah, I, I think between the, the Sandman plot, the um, Harry Osborn plot, and the Venom plot, there's just too much going on in that movie. Yeah. yeah. And, so I will agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very well known that Sam Raimi didn't want to have Venom in the movie. He just wanted to do Sandman. And then Harry, as well as an extension of the plot from the previous movies. Yeah. And yeah, and he wasn't even he, like Venom was nowhere in his plans at all because he was like going to do the lizard next because he'd been setting the lizard up since Spider-Man 2. Yeah. So really, Venom just kind of didn't belong there. And it kind of really showed. Do you think and again, we're getting into speculation still. So if you don't want to tune out, I'm sorry, but have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Is there any chance that any of these Raimi era Spider-Man characters show up in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness? Probably not. How but it's Raimi and he's crazy, which I would be true for. Wait, Raimi is directing Multiverse. So Man. yeah, Scott Scott yeah. Derrickson and Marvel parted ways over creative differences with the sequel to Doctor Strange and Sam Raimi was brought in to direct. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. Um, maybe. That's possible. There's a lot going on in that movie already, though. Because oh, they've yeah. got all the Scarlet Witch stuff that they've got to wrap yeah. up. Division? America America Chavez is debuting in that movie. Yeah, yeah, and then they've they've also still got like um uh Chiwetel Ejiofor, his character from the first movie, which yep. will pro we probably be in it. Yeah, yeah, uh, like, they, there's a they, yeah. there's a lot going on in that movie. Here, here's yeah. the deal: they can just give me Spider Gwen and bring Spider Gwen into the universe, and I'll be happy. I would love, like, again, this turned into us speculating about Spider Man. So I'm sorry to anyone listening. But it's Spider-Man, so it's fine. I really hope they... Because... Okay. I don't want... Uh, how can I do this without spoiling? Um, I think there's a way that Marvel and Sony mutually write Tom Holland out of the MCU and bring in a new character to be the Spider-Man in the MCU. Yeah. Whether that be Andrew Garfield assuming the name Ben Riley in-universe or Spider-Gwen or something... I don't see why they couldn't do something, but we'll have can to wait I, and see. Can yeah. I tell you the problem with this? And as much as I love that, um, one of the big issues is that Sony just owns everything Nate about Spider-Man movie rights. No. I'm wondering well, I, though, if some of the negotiation to them getting Tom Holland back 
uh, in the Sony movies, Morbius and Venom and stuff, might have to do with Marvel getting a character in return, at least for use in the movies without with creative freedom or something along those lines. I don't know. That's the I thing don't... is there's nothing to say that like Sony can't have its Sony verse and then Marvel can't be doing something at the same time. That's kind of the whole point of them setting up like multiverse stuff. Yep. And so I think it could be easily we could see two versions of Spider-Man happening at the same time. I think Tom Holland stays as Spider-Man in the MCU. I don't think it's going to go away. I think he comes back to it. I don't think this is writing him out permanently. No, um, I, I think he's contracted to at least one more appearance in the MCU. So yeah. I could see them taking the character and putting him in that world because the world knows he's Spider-Man or something for a while and leave somebody else behind to take on the mantle from all the multiversal craziness we're going to get in Spider-Man and in Doctor Strange. Um, and then kind of go from there with that character appearing more often. And then five, ten years from now, when everyone has kind of, you know, Tom Holland's doing his things, doing doing the, the swinging and the Nathan Draking and all that. And you have some cataclysmic event that brings the multiverse together. Hey, look who shows up. It's Spider-Man. He's going to do a backflip. And the whole theater freaks out. Maybe. Um, Nostalgia maybe. fuel is real. And that's kind of what this movie is riding on. Yeah. So, okay. Do we think Sony's deal with Marvel has part of the reason for the exclusivity of Spider-Man on PS, the PlayStation console? No. I always I think thought it, it did have something. I remember. I thought I remember Adam Boyce saying that it helped that they already had a pre-established relationship with Marvel with the Spider-Man IP. Yeah, at Sony, but it didn't like make it didn't make or break the deal. It wasn't like, necessary not yeah. on yeah. Xbox in any way, and we're not even talking just the cart like the Spider-Man games or Sp one Miles Morales or two the upcoming two. But he's also not in Avengers. Yeah, but he, he is, is in Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, character. which is on the Switch. Yeah. So I don't think I console exclusivity of the character is a thing. I, I don't think, know I what those agreements just, are like though. Yeah, I think like it especially when the deal first happened that wasn't like a a thing but i think sony kind of used that as a bargaining chip for square enix i mean and spider-man has been multi-platform before you go back to the activision days and those games were everywhere yeah. and uh but there was speaking of activision oh fuck i oh, know yeah. fuck. do we want to talk about this or we want to just say fuck bobby kodak and move on fuck bobby kodak Fuck um, Bobby Kodak and fuck Activision Blizzard entirely. I, I yeah. wouldn't say entirely. Are the, the there are people there that are not. Activision yeah. The, anyone the who supported this misogynistic or non-misogynistic, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, but support this person covering up these atrocities. Anyone supporting that is. He can't wrong. be in charge. He just yeah. can't be in charge. It's unacceptable. And, he needs to resign. The fact that the board's backing him at the moment is gross. Despicable. Did you see that Jim Ryan came out to say, how yes. can he still be there? Yeah. So good on Jim Ryan. Cause he doesn't talk about this stuff very often, but this is a legitimate yeah, business concern. A, yeah. Jim Ryan's mostly like a, just a businessman. And so, you know, we don't really well, see him speak out, but he, he's looking from a business perspective. Apparently Sony had reached out to Activision a day or two ago saying, what are you guys doing to fix this? The only reason oh, wow. they made this public is because they hadn't done anything, really. Yeah. But the, uh, well, the, the, 
Shire got the leaked emails about Jim Ryan. Yes, but the the problem is, and I think AJ raises in the chat, if he's terminated without cause, which is I'm sure what they're going to negotiate to, because he's not going to leave if he doesn't get his severance. His severance package is almost three hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, which is absolutely stupid and corporate America and capitalism in general, the way that it's structured right now is only structured to support the rich and to support terrible people like this in positions of power who do bad things and it's wrong. And there's nothing we can do about it, which is unfortunate people saying, Oh, vote with your wallet. Don't buy those games. Then the developers who live based on bonuses, based on game performances, can't do the thing they love to do anymore. And it's, it's more than just the figurehead. It's more than just the board. There are people that this is going to impact those people that are doing terrible things are not going to know what it means to not put a meal on the table. And there are other people working at that company. If the industry says, no, fuck them, throw them out with the bathwater. This whole company has got to go under that won't be able to feed their families. So it's not, it, it's such a nuanced situation of yes, the people who are doing bad things should be held responsible for those bad things but we can't paint the entire organization with that broad brush because right. not everyone is involved in this. I've seen Activision Blizzard King employees tweeting out that this is heartbreaking, that they can't like, they can't believe something like this is happening at a company that they love to work for. A lot of us work for companies. We love the work, but the company might be doing some shady shit. I know yeah. like speaking from experience, that is the case with some of the companies that I have worked for. There is definitely and and like the people at the top there if something happened to that company there are millions of people out of work and it's the same situation here of we can't just generalize because when you generalize in this hate mob forms it can affect people who are being wrongfully impacted by this which was the whole point in the first place of not wrongly impacting people who are being done wrong to but the, some people are fucking that up and some people aren't. And we can't, like, not everyone needs to suffer because of this, the actions of a select few. Yeah. Uh, and I've had my mind changed on that because earlier this year, when uh, people were starting to talk about the Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy, and it's getting delayed, and oh, there's no way I'd buy that. I, I jumped on that. I said, no, I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to support that. I don't want my money to go towards conversion therapy and all of these things that uh, JK Rowling is known to have supported in the past. But there are people that care about these properties. There are people that care about these projects. And I know I've worked on projects I've wanted people to love and I've gone on Twitter at three in the morning when we've launched them. And all it is is complaining about us moving a pixel three blocks to the right. So I don't want to be, I don't want to make other people feel the way I've felt when I've launched products. So I want to support things that are cool and awesome and innovative. And there are things that Activision Blizzard King do that are those things or have done right now. It's kind of just that's call of duty and candy crush and Diablo on mobile. One point they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's at one point they've made Sekiro for some reason. Yeah. It's it's. And I mean, they, I pulled out the, when I realized that the Xbox is backwards compatible, I pulled out two titles Batman Arkham Origins, because I never finished it, and Transformers Fall of Cybertron. And one of the Call of Duty satellite studios, High Moon Studios, made that game. And I love that series, and it's never coming back because they're stuck working on Call of Duty. Yeah. But it's it's just one of those things of figuring out... 
Like everyone has to make their own choices. Yes, what Bobby Kotick did was terrible and he should feel the repercussions of it. And he won't because he's got a golden parachute because he's the CEO of one of the largest companies in the world. It just sucks. The whole yeah. thing sucks. And I don't, there's yeah. nothing I feel I can do to change that. So I just try to promote good in my life and in the things that I do. Um, speaking of which, I know when I made my first appearance back on the show after a long time away, I said some things along the lines of, of fuck the haters. And I feel like that went a little too far. I think the criticisms that I faced or that we faced as a group over the months leading up to that were legitimate. And I am sorry for those situations and want to open a dialogue to figure out how we can better approach the problems that came from that. And I'm sorry for anyone that it hurt. And I'm sorry for anyone that that additional comment, you know, rub the wrong way and i i want to have those conversations so i just wanted to reiterate that i'm sorry i'm listening i'm learning and i'm trying to do better but yeah fuck bobby kodak yes long and short yeah. of it fuck bobby kodak fuck bobby kodak um, also open source software is hard guys yeah okay so mitch you we were going to talk about this beforehand yeah because i'm a dummy and i don't understand this but then i thought Maybe this, we could talk about this on the podcast so that other people, dummies like me, might understand it. Sure. So a bit of background. Um, there was a situation earlier this week where Streamlabs, the company behind Streamlabs OBS and uh, Stream Elements, some of the things we use on this podcast, some of the things millions of streamers around the world use, um, put out a new product and they essentially copied the marketing materials and the product design from another company. I forget the name. Uh, please link that to me. Lightstream? Can. Lightstream, yes. Thank you. Lightstream. Uh, and in, in, in light of these, this thing catching steam, the OBS project itself tweeted out that when Streamlabs OBS made it known that they were going to, or Streamlabs made it known they were going to create a project or a, a project branching from OBS called Streamlabs OBS, the OBS project asked them not to put OBS in the name because it would confuse people. And they were right because people are confused and there's no repercussion from that because OBS, which is a piece of streaming software, I'm using it right now for this podcast, is open source. It is an open mm -hmm. source piece of software. Now, what that means is that it is available publicly. The code for this project is available publicly in some sort of uh, version control repository. Typically that's something like GitLab or GitHub, which, you know, that's another one of those weird things where Git is the open source project and it's been branched and there's these different products that leverage that piece of underlying piece of software. What open source means is the source code is available openly and anyone can, you know, take a copy of that, contribute back to it, make a branch of it, do their own thing with it. As long as they're, um, there are licenses, like these software projects will have licenses. And as long as you're con conforming to the license that's on this open, soft, open source software project, you can use it for whatever you want. So essentially what's happened is that Streamlabs has taken OBS, which is an open source project, created a branch of that project, done all of the, the work they've done on top of that to give it very Streamlabs-like stuff. They've done a lot of really good stuff in terms of like they've added the ability to undo things. They've added a bunch of overlays, made it all more user-friendly than OBS can be out of the box. And their project is also open source, which was likely due to the licensing on most open source projects when you branch them, unless you're doing something in private 
or for private enterprise, it's going to be open source itself as part of the agreement. But they're also selling portions of Streamlabs OBS. There are premium features that you cannot get unless you pay them. So they've essentially taken this project that was free and open source and available to anybody to do whatever they want with it because they have the original source code and made a business out of it. Um, they are not the only company to do so. There are many instances, some that I've worked with in, in my day-to-day that have done the same, of taken open source projects that are not very user-friendly and wrapped them in a very specific use case. So like, for example, there's a lot of enterprises that like to have support and a lot of open source software projects don't provide any support out of the box. So if you want to be able to call someone and say, Hey, this is down, help me fix it. You need to typically have a company that you would engage. So those companies will take open source projects, wrap them in some sort of enterprise container and make that a product that other businesses will buy and pay for support on. And the practice of taking open source software and commercializing it is not new. It is, kind of like within the software space there is a niche for that but a lot of companies have kind of exploited open source projects for their own benefit without either properly compensating or properly attributing the original creators which could be thousands of people working on some of these projects and typically open source projects are maintained there are a lot of large corporations that maintain open source projects netflix comes to mind facebook um, a lot of websites these days are built in React. React is a framework that was built by Facebook for building web applications or websites. And that's something that Facebook maintains as an open source project. But there are other companies that have taken projects like that, made their own version of it and commercialized that. So there's a lot of gray area where, where it comes to open source projects and their commercial viability or their commercialization in the software space. And this just kind of lifted up the carpet and you got to see some of the dirt that had been scraped under it where where it comes to OBS as an open source uh, project. And there are many of these across many industries that people really don't know about. And this is the first time, at least that I've seen, that the streaming community specifically picked up steam on this Streamlabs story and shined a light on what is kind of a, a dark spot on the, in the world of software development. Yeah, this is, that's, I honestly, like, I didn't know anything about this going on currently with, uh, with OBS or just even this practice really in general. So this is like really enlightening, mm -hmm. very much kind of what, what can, can the normal person, normal consumer do anything about this? Like, what would you say, what, what do you say people should do? If given the option to support the commercial product or the private enterprise product versus the original open source project, seek those out, support those projects directly, whether it be monetarily, a lot of them accept donations to go that go towards being able to support these projects. Um, find projects you're passionate about. Like if, if there are pieces of software you use religiously, for example, we use audacity for recording this podcast. Most weeks we're not doing it today because yeah. today was today but there there are projects like that like obs like audacity that we use on a day-to-day -day basis and don't realize the amount of man hours that go into these things on a volunteer basis yeah. uh, i think audacity has actually been acquired so that might not be a great example but 
it's a good opportunity to look at the software that you use and say, okay, what here is open source? What here relies on open source projects? What of these projects can I support? Uh, because we're also tied into software these days. You can't get away from it, that it is a good practice to get into to figure out if what you're supporting. And I've been guilty of this myself. I've used these Streamlabs products in the past because they've been easy. Mm-hmm. And I think supporting open source projects directly is not necessarily the easiest way. But from a moral perspective, at least for me, I think it's the right approach. Um and it's putting your money where your mouth is. So it is, if you're going to pay for a premium product in one spot, make sure you do the research. Make sure that they're properly attributing the original authors of other open source projects they're using. Make sure that they're contributing back to the original project because you could end up in a situation where, let's say someone branches React from Facebook and they create, I don't know, response. Um, but they don't contribute back to the original React project with changes they've made in their project that have made their project better, then it can be a bit of a, a gray area uh, mm. with regards to how software development is kind of managed. Um, and Streamlabs did release a statement saying that they were going to rename the Streamlabs OBS product, which is very fair after the OBS project called them out directly on Twitter for not doing that after years of asking them to do so. But that's not enough. It, it's a step, but at the same time, they're... It's the bare minimum. It kind of, yeah. It's it's real tough. I wish I was more like I'm. I'm even kind of struggling with supporting open source projects versus the commercial projects. And unless you're really well versed in this stuff, it's hard to track it down. It's hard to know that you're using Discord and Discord is built on some. I think Discord actually uses things like React or some of these frameworks because it's essentially a web app wrapped in a desktop application. So there's. There's a lot that goes into these projects and it's software development's hard, y'all. If you don't learn anything from the last rant of mine, it's that software development's hard. I yeah, yeah, and I I appreciate all the work that you and other software. Oh, I, I don't do, do anything. I don't do anything. Don't worry about me. Oh. <laughs> then at least for educating me. Let me thank you. You're welcome. All right. Yes. Um, I feel anyone... much more educated. Yeah, honestly, is it bad that my first thought was when you were going through the whole like open source versus and like the the business side of it? Then my first thought was, this is exactly like Silicon Valley. It's because it is. Yeah, because they built oh. an open source project that got acquired and then yeah. kind of absorbed into something else. So yeah, if you had so any you learned anything from this, go watch Silicon Valley and then get back to yes. me on Twitter. Answer any questions you got. It's real good. I don't think I watched the last season. I should. It's definitely worth watching. Uh, I just recently went through it, so that's why I'm kind of like it's like right on the tip of my brain. Um, Yeah. So I mean, uh, is how you know we've gone through a lot of stuff. We talked about Halo a little bit. Um, Talked about Forza. Do we have anything else we want to? talk about we had obviously we talk about halo more but it's just about how how lost in the weeds do we want to get we had talked about doing some sort of game around you know shadow drops and and things like that do we like i don't have anything prepared for that do we want to just draw talk a little bit about shadow drops how we feel about that and then hit the road or 
What are we thinking? Sure. Yeah, yeah, like we don't have to make it tonight's episode long, um, just for the sake of length. But um, yeah, let's talk. That's let's talk about said. shadow dropping. <laughs> okay. Except she, she, yeah, she did say that. Uh, Definitely. She, uh, yeah. So let's talk because I think when we think shadow drops, and let's is the Halo beta like the first major shadow drop because um, we're used to indie games being shadow dropped like apex shelter apex legends was shadow dropped i feel like yeah. fallout shelter was a big deal fallout shelter yeah that was shadow dropped the dreamcast was it true i think they announced it and said it was in stores that day yeah huh. it was at e3 and they and then a year later it was dead <laughs> i mean that's kind of on them it's a great system it was a system for sure. I really. I only ever played it at a friend's house, and I think I only ever remain. I only ever remember that was a hard thing to say. Uh, playing Crazy Taxi, I bought it after it died because I got it for like sub a hundred bucks when they were starting to clear them out because EB Games had them, and I picked up so many games. I'm like, this system's. And it's the first Sega system I ever owned. I'm like, like you can take. You guys know my opinion on Sonic. I hate Sonic games. And the Sonic game on that system was terrible. The Sonic Adventure. Um, but there was a lot of really good stuff on there between Crazy Taxi, Jet Set Radio, um, the sequel. Are you guys familiar with the fighting game called Rival Power Schools? Stone? Oh. Well, Power Stone's on it, but Rival Schools. It was a no. Capcom like fighting game through their first 3D fighting game. Well, they made a project uh sequel called Project Justice that nobody ever played. That was even better. And nobody played it because it was called Project Justice. Yeah, it's not um, a good name. Yeah. Didn't um so earlier this year, I know one of your favorite games got a sequel. Didn't that shadow drop? Oh, Axiom Verge. Axiom uh, Verge 2 was a shadow drop, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Axiom Verge 2. That falls under the indie stuff. Yeah, we're we're used it's to seeing indie, indie stuff. Yeah. We're used to seeing indie stuff. Like we go to a Nintendo Direct, and how often are we predicting what shadow drops at a Nintendo Direct? Because we're so used to it now. Yeah. Um and in all I mean, fairness, I called it. Yeah, I mean, a legitimate shadow drop that we got this week that no one's talking about uh, that we got today is that xCloud's available on console. Oh, no, but I I used that like last week. Console. On console. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, that was PC. No, I used it on my console. I'm in the Insider program. Oh, that might be why. That would be why. Okay. Okay. I meant more so like it was available to the public as of today. Okay. Now I'm not freaking out as much. But do services like that count when it comes to shadow dropping? Like I don't think. Yeah. Feature shadow dropping is a like features are still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I I guess I can see your point, but on the other hand, like we could just get a PlayStation update and it'll be like, hey, you've got folders now. I'd be like, that seems par for the course. It is, but when it's something as revolutionary as um, xCloud or N64 games on the Switch or some of these other major additions as opposed to just, yeah, you can change your theme now. Some of those do feel like they ho- they carry more weight than others, but I, I do agree uh, by and large that game shadow drops usually generate the most buzz or the most hype. Do you think we're going to start seeing this more with how... I mean, obviously, it's 
the the numbers are a little skewed because it's Halo and it was free to play. But do we think that this is going to become like a more regular thing, especially with Xbox really relying on Game Pass? I feel like they're going to be the ones who we're going to start seeing this from quite frequently. Yep. I was going to say the exact same thing. Of I yeah. think Xbox has a great strategy on their hands here of something they can do that no one else can do with Game Pass of saying, okay, game's out now. You've already yeah. got it pre-installed on your console. Have fun. Yeah. Like yeah. they can really utilize the fact that their audience is Game Pass. And so, you know, they can just say, hey, this is out today. And what I really hope is, you know, in the future, we start seeing, I obviously like release dates are never going to, cease to exist but maybe xbox might be a little bit more loose with them well bethesda was always um i don't want to say it was always but bethesda did try to be at least with fallout 4 they had a very low threshold to when the game came out but that's not necessarily true for other bethesda titles because I, I feel like I think, we talked about i feel like we're gonna see more forward. of this going forward of just shorter shorter periods between announcement and release we yeah. got Guardians this year that was announced at uh, Gamescom in August, right? And that came out and was great. It's in the conversation for my game of the year, and I think it is for a lot of other people. Not um, at the Game Awards. I want to get back to that with Forza for a second. Oh, How the yeah. fuck was Forza not nominated for Game of the Year? So Absolute travesty. It is the there's... highest rated game to have come out this year, and it's not even nominated. So, okay, here's the deal. Forza might be my game of the year. I'm still making that decision. It's up there. It's on my game of the year like list. There's no question about that. I think there's a few things. Um, Blessing said that the nom when the nominations were due, people had just gotten codes and weren't far into it. Okay. So, um, but it was enough to get it nominated for accessibility, audio design, and sports. best racing game. Yeah, sports racing like, game. Like sports, sports racing game. So, like, you're okay to say it's part of that, but you're not okay to put in Game of the Year conversation, which I think is a bigger conversation. Um, I really think the Game Awards needs to do what the Oscars does and expand their best overall category to, like, 10. Yeah. Or start because, hosting the show in February. Yeah, or February. Change the date. But here's yeah. the th I'm not convinced Forza would have made the list even if it was in February. I look at the six games that they put there and we're like, they're great games. We've got, yeah, they are. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I've it's ratchet death loop, resident evil, resident it takes evil. Two. It takes two. I'm missing something. Uh, um, Metroid, Metroid. Dread. Metroid dread. And there's another one, right? Wasn't it six psychonauts two. psychonauts two. psychonauts two. So it's one of those things where, they like none of those games are bad, although I would argue Psychonauts 2 is not on my game of the year list because of its combat, even though I 100% it, I have all the achievements, I've done everything in that game. Um, I think, I, I think a lot of people were surprised to see Resident Evil 2 nominated or Resident Evil 8, eight, sorry, eight nominated. nominated. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was it got, like what it was, seven, a little, eight? it was a little more mixed at release. Um, yeah. I can imagine people, with more time yeah. with it, people grew to like it more, but. Uh, that's doesn't... that's the thing is it's the opposite for for i think a lot of people is they really liked because it had a really strong opening but then everyone forgot about the last half of the game so but I, yeah I, the other one I, here that surprised me was not seeing returnal nominated 
Yeah, yeah, I think that was I think that that was the along with Forza. That was my personal like this. This got robbed because Returnal I would argue just... I would argue that Returnal should have been nominated over Metroid Dread. Ooh, that's yep. You you are th- yep fighting words. I Honestly, loved like... Metroid Dread, but I think Returnal is the better action game. I don't know, man. I mean, our game of the year discussion is going to be fun, y'all. This this is so hard because here's the thing. I love Returnal more than Metroid, like easily. I haven't even beaten Metroid yet. And then like Returnal was until Deathloop came out was my favorite game. But I, oh, God damn, I'm I'm conflicted on that because I know that like it's part of my own personal bias with. um, I don't really play Metroidvania games. I love Metroidvania games, but I still think Returnal is the better game. For for me, I know other people are going to have differing opinions, and that's what's the, the the funny thing is is everyone's looking to the game award nomination list as the be all end yeah. all of everything, and it's not. Returnal's yeah. going to get a ton of game of the year wins. Fours yep. is going to get game of the year wins. Hell, Halo is going to get game of the year wins, and it's not even out yet. So, yeah. I know a lot of people look to the Keelys as the Oscars of video games, but they're not. And if it was something well, where you wanted the fans to be involved and vote for it, it should be worth more than 10% of the vote. Yeah. Either they, be a they, fan yeah. choice award or be a critics award. You don't need to be both. We have dice. We don't need dice light. And I yeah, bet they, you that Forza and uh, Returnal are nominated for Dice's Game of the Year award. I'm curious to see what happens with Dice because Dice nominates weird stuff for Game of the Year. Untitled Goose yeah. Game won. It did. Their Game of the Year. And that once. was a great game that year. I should have finished um, it uh so no i'm 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 interested i think you're right about moving the awards to february they don't need to be at the end of december i think right now there's more of a marketing show than it is an award show it's about trailers i'm okay with that yeah i I just embrace what you want to be like don't try to be all these different things at the same time so uh, yeah he's wearing a lot of hats with it i'd rather see the awards moved out in fact a lot of the awards have moved like whoever got best voice actor last year, I think was one of the quick hits where they didn't even like do a major thing for it. It was just like, here's people who won awards. And then there's also quick uh, pre-show awards too. Right. And pre-show yeah. announcements. It's like, there's, there's the pre-show, there's the show, there's the post-show there's, I, I get, you want to keep eyeballs engaged this whole time, but why? I, I I'm sure there's marketing reasons why they have pre-shows and post-shows and all this stuff. But for me, just make the show the show and either have it be four hours long with all the awards, give everyone their due because they all deserve it, or be a marketing show with like three awards in the show and everything else is a Twitter post. Yeah, I yeah, like, I mean, they already have like the marketing, the the what is it uh, in August? Opening Night Live. Live. Yeah. So like Keely already does do his like, this is my announcement show. This is also do an E3 show. Yeah. He had an E3 show this year too. That was pre E3, but not connected to E3. It was different. It was the start of summer of gaming. Summer, summer games fast opening or something. I don't remember what he called it. Yeah. I probably find it if I went on on my phone. I think I had all. So it's like, so it's like there's, you know, he's, he has so many opportunities to do awards. So why at this point now that he is because at first it used to be just the game awards. And so then it the was game summer had... summer game fest kickoff live. Yeah, that's oh right. yeah, really yeah, like, rolls I, off the tongue. I personally like I love the game awards for the announcements. I don't really care. To, like the awards are fun discussion for an afternoon, and then you know 
you kind of forget about them. So I'm fine with it being the marketing show. It's just, yeah, like kind of pick one at a certain point. It's not even that. It's that like there are people who are getting upset over these nominations because they feel like it is the be all end all of video game awards oh, shows. Yeah. So there's it, some it, really it, upset people, specifically with Forza. <laughs> I'm hearing that Jeff's a Sony pony. Well, no, um, I, I've heard Forza, I've heard Returnal, I've heard um Hitman 3. People are really yes. upset Hitman 3 didn't get nominated. It's why are we getting upset? Like, I get why people are getting upset because these are things that we care about. But if if that was the case, make it a fan show. Don't have it be a critic show. We have a critic show. I just I don't know. Yeah. I'm more like the fan, the fan the fan vote award is going to go to Forza because of all of this or it's going to go to something dumb to just show that this whole idea can be skewed one way or another like I don't know. well uh, the the fan vote Ghost of Tsushima won the fan vote when they didn't win game of the year yep mm-hmm. and that I think year. Smash Brothers won the fan vote when it wasn't eligible for game of the year yeah um so It'll be interesting to see what happens with the fan vote awards. I'm more curious about what the individual outlets look like. As you've talked about, there will be hundreds. I'm not even looking at my camera. There will be hundreds of gaming outlets saying what their games of the year are. IGN, GameSpot. Um, And what do those look like a month from now? I'm curious, especially with the reaction to these game awards. Do people go back and look at something like Forza? Who haven't played it? 100%. There's people who've played Forza who don't play racing games because it's accessible to them on Game Pass. Yeah, uh, Brian Altano, I'm one of those people. Yeah, you're one of those people, Brian Altano. And now you Twitter's. own a Forza controller. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Brian Altano on Twitter uh, has been, he's like, I'm not a racing guy, but I love Forza. It's an open world game. That's what the way he's looking at Forza. It's an open it world game. It's a yeah. checklist game. Um, so... Um, yeah, no, like, I'm curious to see now what these other outlets do and what they look at, uh, especially after everything that's happened with Forza being left out with, Returnal being left out with, because um, I think IGN actually has expanded their Game of the Year nominees as well to have more options in there, because there's so many categories out there that it's hard to, like, you're putting somebody in the dust. Yeah. Also, I do want to say that it takes two getting nominated. I haven't played it. I've got to play it soon, but I'm super happy to see it being nominated. I can't wait yeah. to give that one a shot. Now that I've got extra controllers for the Xbox, I'm probably going to play through that with my wife. Yeah, I've heard Parker. it is very much a, a relationship game. Yes, um, definitely. My wife's play not it. into yeah. games. I'll play it's, except Animal Crossing. We have a relationship. It is. Yes, it's true. Ex- I would say, though, for a game that's not for, like, I think it's pretty accessible to, to people who don't play games. I think it was kind of designed with that in mind. It's never really like hard. Um, And the whole, the whole point of the game, like almost every single puzzle is about co-op and it's not about being good at platforming or anything, even though it is a really good platformer as well. So Mm -hmm. I'd say don't, don't rule it out. I think you might be surprised, but we'll see. We'll see. see. I have, I have to talk her into it. I think that's the bigger deal. It's, That's fair. There's a mental hurdle to it. It's not even just the gameplay of it. Um, but maybe if I show her to her, if not, I can play with my boy. I just don't know if he'll get it as much. Mm-hmm. I Again, think this boy, this boy will play him. it with you if you're looking for someone to play it with. I'm cool. sure you've got any number of people in our Discord that'd be happy to play it with you, whether that be on stream or off stream. And you can look forward to us reacting to everything Game Awards when we probably do a live reaction to the show here. 
What day is Maybe? it? Maybe. I don't know. The Thursday. I don't know which day. Is it day the spider? And... It better not be the Spider-Man Thursday. No, I'm not... it's, it's no, the no, day. No, it's the it ninth. Before. It's the, it's the ninth. Halo. Yeah, it's, it's, it's December saying, 9th. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. if it's it's on a Thursday, really not a Friday. I thought it was a Friday. It's always been on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then um, what we can do is just react to that instead of me streaming. We'll figure it we out. We can make our episode it. Eh, well, maybe we are, we'll, we'll figure out what it's going to be, but you can look forward to more Game Awards reactions from us come December. And I think with that, Alex, take us out. Yep. And with that, that is the end of our show. If you liked what you saw, you can follow us on Twitter at PressYYZ. Uh, and obviously, as well, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this on podcast services, we stream live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Twitch.tv slash PressYYZ. And now, Mitch, where can people find you? Oh, wait, everything is in the description down below. That's all, folks. I haven't hosted in a while. Have a good night. I don't know how Cozy's outro works on these buttons, so I'm just going to say ba-da-da-da-da-da. Bye.